The second week of January is behind us, and there wasn't a whole lot of movie news that came out, but let's get into the fact that Marvel released a trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp in Quantumania, which shows us a lot of Kang the Conqueror. So those who are still unfamiliar with the character will get to learn a whole lot more about him in this movie. Director Peyton Reed has previously stated that Quantumania will not feel like another palate cleanser in the same vein as the first two films. And this trailer seems to highlight exactly that, because this does not appear to be another fun and light-hearted adventure for the lovable Ant-Man. It instead appears to be a deadly serious one, and I couldn't be happier. I love when Marvel makes a movie with a tone like this. I mean, I do like the first two Ant-Man features, but they are a little silly and inconsequential. So, it'll be nice to see a more fantastical movie that does treat the character a bit more seriously. In this trailer, we learn that Scott has been feeling bad for missing five years of his daughter's life. So, he strikes a deal with Kang in order to get some of that time back. And that alone makes for a really compelling story. Which is interesting, because Ryan Coogler was trying to tell a similar tale when he was writing the original script for Black Panther 2. So, I'm now extremely excited to see this movie. And I can't wait to see what other kinds of weird shit that Peyton Reed has added into the film. I don't even care that MODOK looks horrible without his new helmet. But MODOK was always going to look silly in live action, so I don't see how that would come as a surprise to anyone. The fact that Marvel would even let Reed introduce a silly-ass character like MODOK is interesting to say the least. But I'm excited to see it nevertheless. And I'm not going to bash on the visual effects like some other people, because the VFX artists deserve better. Better hours, better pay, and better recognition for the work that they do. Either way, it'll be interesting to see if general audiences respond to all of the weirdness and fantastical shit going on in this trailer, but I guess we'll find out when Quantumania gets released on February 17th. A24 has released a trailer to Ari Aster's upcoming film, Bo is Afraid, which sees Joaquin Phoenix as a character who is... I don't know, maybe losing his mind? Or something? It's not very clear as to what is actually happening in the plot of this film, but we do know that the story will follow this character, Bo, throughout several decades in his life. The rest of the film is described to be a surrealist comedy slash horror film set in an alternate present, and that's probably enough information for you to decide whether or not you'd actually like to see this movie. I'm honestly not much of an Ari Aster fan, which is blasphemous, I know, but his films have yet to really resonate with me. And though I want to be open-minded about this new project, it already looks a little too surreal and abstract for my own personal taste. But maybe the movie will speak to you and your personal taste. Either way, Bo is Afraid will be released in theaters on April 21st, meaning that it will go head-to-head -head with Evil Dead Rise. 
Titanic is being re-released in theaters for its 25th anniversary. Technically, 2023 marks the 26th anniversary of the film, but I'm sure that Cameron didn't want to have two different 4K remasters in theaters at the same time. So, now that the original Avatar is out of theaters, and mostly everyone has seen The Way of Water, it's a pretty good time to put Titanic in theaters, especially for Valentine's Day weekend. Though it will have to face some competition from Ant-Man and the Wasp in Quantumania, I'm sure a movie that has already grossed over $2 billion worldwide will perform just fine. William H. Macy has joined the cast of Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Little is known about the project, but it will be directed by Wes Ball and star Owen Teague in the league role alongside Freya Allen, Peter Makin, Eka Darville, and Kevin Durand. Macy is known for starring in projects like Fargo, Jurassic Park 3, and Shameless, and I think he'll make a great addition to this cast, especially since all of the other actors involved are still relatively unknown. Production has already begun on Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and it is currently scheduled to be released on May 24th, 2024. During an interview with Variety, writer-director Ryan Johnson revealed that he has officially begun writing the third film in his Knives Out series. Quote, I'm starting to work on the third movie now, and that's also what's got me creatively jazzed. I don't have to replicate the last movie at all. The goal is to strike out in a completely new direction, tonally and thematically." End quote. Johnson also admitted that he tries to avoid indulging in nostalgia whenever he writes anything new, saying that nostalgia is the enemy, and it's the exact opposite of trying to create something vibrant, sharp, and present. And while I'm sure that there are plenty of Last Jedi haters who will take issue with that quote, I think it's an approach that has worked for Ryan Johnson. Both Knives Out and Glass Onion have felt fresh and socially relevant, but in completely different ways. So I'm looking forward to seeing how different Knives Out 3 will be whenever that gets released. Paramount is developing a live-action Dungeons & Dragons series for Paramount+. Plus. The pilot has already been written by Ross and Marshall Thurber, the director of Dodgeball, We're the Millers, and Red Notice, and he is currently set to direct the first episode as well, with eight episodes in total having been ordered by Paramount. It's unclear if the series will be connected to the live-action film Honor Among Thieves, which will be released on March 31st, though no one from the film is attached to the series at this time. And finally, Paul Mescal is set to star in the lead role of the upcoming Gladiator sequel. Mescal will reportedly be playing a grown-up version of Lucius, the son of Connie Nielsen's Lucilla, who was originally played by Spencer Treat Clark in the 2000 film. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Mescal allegedly out-auditioned several high-profile actors for the role, including Miles Teller, Austin Butler, Richard Madden, and Timothy Chalamet. A Gladiator sequel has been in the works for years now, with several scripts having been written and rejected, but it looks as though the project is finally moving forward. 
The current script has been written by David Scarpa, who has collaborated with Ridley Scott before on All the Money in the World, The Man in the High Castle, and the upcoming Napoleon film. It's unclear as to when the movie will actually be released, but Ridley Scott himself is still attached to direct. And I mean, I never wanted a Gladiator sequel. I'm not sure if anyone ever wanted one, honestly, aside from Ridley Scott himself. But if they're going to make one, I'm glad that they wrote an entirely new script. Because some of the script ideas that have been floating around online over the past couple of years have all sounded awful. Plus, Ridley Scott can be pretty hit or miss, so I honestly don't know what to expect from this sequel. But I guess we'll find out whenever it actually gets released. And those are all the things I wanted to talk about this week. If you want to know what else I've been up to, I completely forgot to mention that I got a PS5 over the Christmas holiday. I've always been more of an Xbox fan, but I haven't been excited for an Xbox exclusive title in a long time. And there's no upcoming game that I'm looking forward to that would justify me buying the newest Xbox console. But with the new PlayStation, I can go back and play all of the games I never got the chance to play to begin with. And that's exactly what I've been doing, starting with The Last of Us Part 1. I've been dying to play this game ever since it was first released over 10 years ago. But I never owned a PlayStation, so I never did. And with the HBO adaptation coming soon, I thought it was the perfect game to start with. As of this recording, the series has yet to premiere, but it will be out by the time you've listened to this podcast, so hopefully it's good because I'm really excited for it. Speaking of TV shows, the latest episode of The Bad Batch premiered on Disney+, and I thought it was great. The solitary clone primarily focused on Crosshair, who I happen to think is the most interesting character of the show, so I loved this episode. Plus, we finally got to see what Commander Cody has been up to since Order 66. And seeing these two characters interact, or more precisely, be juxtaposed with one another, was just great. Though the direction Cody went in this episode was pretty unexpected, and does imply that we won't be getting a Cody versus Rex fight anytime in the near future, there's still a lot we can learn about Cody by exploring his character during this time frame. So there are some pretty compelling stories being told in the Star Wars universe right now. Even though I fell into the Andor is a little slow for me camp, I have been re-watching the show since I can binge it all instead of waiting for weekly releases, and I can honestly say I have been enjoying the series a lot more now. I mean, I did like the show on my first viewing, but now I can appreciate all of the finer details since I can actually see the bigger picture. So if you haven't seen Andor yet, I would say that you should definitely watch it. It easily contains the best writing, the best performances, and the best cinematography of any live-action Star Wars anything. 
I still think I personally like The Mandalorian and Tales of the Jedi over Andor, but I think I am ready to say that I do love this series, because it is really damn good. I've also watched the first episode of Severance. After hearing plenty of good things about the show, I finally had some time to watch the pilot, and I thought it was really engaging. I'm hooked, and I want to see where the story goes. So even though I'm late to this bandwagon, I would recommend seeing this show. And finally, I took my girlfriend to see Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone live in concert, and it was a great experience. This is the third film I've seen with a live orchestra, and I absolutely loved it. There's nothing like being in a crowded theater full of avid fans just happy to be there, and I really mean that, because I saw The Empire Strikes Back in a nearly empty auditorium for its 40th anniversary, and the experience was nothing compared to seeing it live in concert with a packed house. So if you ever get the chance to see something with a live orchestra, I would highly recommend it. I'll probably be going again this summer to see The Force Awakens live in concert, so yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of these kinds of events. And that's all the media I've been consuming lately. If you want to hear my thoughts on any other movie-related topics, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok, find me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or subscribe to my YouTube page. But as always, thanks for listening.